Hello, everybody. I'm super excited to introduce you to a precious mommy today. She wrote a beautiful collection of letters to her sweet baby during a very extended Nikki stay. Uh, well, I guess she wrote them actually to maybe all grown up Mac, not baby Mac. Um, and all of our faith has increased just watching miracle after miracle of this sweet boy growing and healing. So I actually read this this book while sitting in bed between my sweet little boy and my baby girl on the monitor. And I was just filled, as you can imagine, with so much gratitude. You know, every birth story is complicated and full of fears and the unexpected and beauty. And every single one is sacred and full of God showing us the way, showing us himself. He's he is in life. He's in the creation of life, in the birth of life, in the laboring. We are always laboring for our children. And I just learned that deeper and deeper. Um, and he's about the restoration and the deliverance. And so today is all about Allie McDade and her birth story of delivering a micro preemie at 25 weeks. And so we just honor her today and we thank her for, um, for loving her baby so well and so big and just for honoring God and showing us the way to his heart and showing us his character. So spoiler alert, this month Mac turns one. Yes. So big happy birthday to him and a whopping congratulations to his parents for his birth and his life. And we celebrate with you. Also, this month is Prematurity Awareness Month. So we want to highlight all the superhero work happening in hospitals all over our country. We celebrate these nurses and we thank them deeply for giving their lives to this effort. As a therapist myself, I also want to appreciate all the physical, occupational, and speech therapists who give everything toward loving this incredibly special group of families and sweet, sweet, sweet children. We love every family so much. Oh goodness, every story is filled with so many miracles and I am here for it. All right, y'all listen up to Allie today and just give thanks and celebrate with her. Oh my gosh, Allie. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so Thank excited. You. So excited. Um, I, I read your book last night oh. and sobbed my eyes out. <laughs> It's a really fun read. <laughs> well, so my grandmother actually, I think I messaged you that, that she. Yes. Or some, I don't know. Some, no, I think I messaged you about my boss having it on her desk. Yes, yes, yes. Well, then my grandmother had it at her house and I said, oh, oh. so that was super cool. It's just finding its way into so many homes and so many lives, you know? know. And so I said, oh, I, I've been meaning to buy that book. I need that book. And so I borrowed it from her and she wants to mail it to her. Oh. Another granddaughter who actually just had to spend weeks on bed rest in the hospital. Oh, wow. But I think she might need to maybe wait on yes. it. Yes. It, and it I read your foreword about that. Is a, um, for a tiny group of women that affects a lot of people. Um, like, of course, my mom and our family and the nurses loved reading Mac's story. But for like moms who left the hospital and never got to bring a baby home or moms that, you know, miscarried, I mean, I feel like it would be very hard to read. Um, 
I mean, my hope and prayer is that even if our outcome didn't look the way it did, this would still be, you know, the story that I would be telling of like how faithful the Lord is, but that is so much easier said than done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, it's hard both ways. You still are reeling from trauma and yes. so many things, but thankfully you get to do that. Holding your That's so awesome. did you grow up here then? So I grew up in Lake Lore, North Carolina, outside oh, of Asheville. How beautiful. And then I moved here in 2016 to do an internship with New Spring. And then met my husband and I was like, oh my gosh, a cute boy. I'll stay and get married. Yes. But I never thought I would stay in Anderson long-term. And here we are living in my husband's childhood home as one does. I know. As one does. No one does that. That's a right. Right. I feel like Anderson is like, you either were born here and that's how you're here. Or you were just like a weird transplant and you decided to stay. (laughs) And I'm one of the weird transplants. So. Yeah. So now you get to be full-time mom. Yes. Which is a lot harder than responding to emails. Okay. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I end my day looking like I walked through a battlefield. Covered in all the things. Yes. But in a, in a much different way, I am navigating that because I have never mothered a child who is healthy and that like, uh, was going to live. And now I'm mothering a very healthy Mac and it's like, oh my gosh, like, what is this world where like, you're okay and not attached to anything and like laughing and breathing. And it's like, pinch yourself and Yes. Get giddy about like it all the, the time. The good days are are here. And it's like unbelievable because even like the critical days in the NICU were the good days were live. But now it's like they're really good. Yeah, really, really good. I know. I love that. So we need to introduce you. <laughs> yes, introduce <laughs> and me. let's just start. Let's just go. Yes. Um, yeah. So Allie McDade. Yes. Author of Dear Mac. <laughs> That is me. You're back. And so I'm so excited. You wrote this book, a collection of letters to your sweet baby who turns one this month. I Just know. really, really exceptional. And I'm not kidding. I sobbed through the book mm. and just feel like, I mean, you can just, honestly, the book I don't know how you did this. It is exquisitely done. Like you carry this tension of devastation mm-hmm. and compassion. You're kind because it did not feel all like once. Well, that's what I wanted to hear. Like all the feelings, right? Yes. I felt so much emotion and it's not my story, mm-hmm. but I could not even, I tried, like, I need to put words to this. I need to try to understand what she is experiencing. And there were no words mm-hmm. to understand. It was just deep emotion. Yeah. You know? Yes. During the time when Mac was in the hospital. So he was born <laughs> November 28th, due March 28th. So he was born about five months early at 25 weeks um, and was discharged from the NICU um, middle of April. So he was in the NICU 137 days. And during that time, I was kind of sharing um, how we were feeling, 
what I was going through, like the emotional process. But at that time, I was in so many conversations with other Nikki moms I had met um, whose stories looked so much different than ours. Um, like a friend who had triplets and two of them passed away in the NICU and she was only bringing one home. So I didn't know the safest place that I could share. Like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm literally dying today because I don't have my baby with me, but also like, there's this great joy that like he's fighting it and he's making, and he's gaining ounces. Um, so I just, wrote notes on my phone and was like, this is what I'm feeling today. Sometimes I would text it to a friend. And then once I knew that Mac was going to be okay, like really the week he was discharged from the hospital, I started reading through them again and just like sobbing, like, oh my gosh, look at what the Lord has done for us. Like, look at what the medical field has given me and my son. And then that's when I started sharing them with like a greater audience, like people who have asked about Mac's journey. And then I was like, oh my gosh, what an awesome gift it would be to give Mac to say, Hey, do you want an Ebenezer stone of your life? Like, this is really what the Lord has done for you. But also like knowing that that's his story to tell too. So I'm, I'm honored that you said that. Cause I feel like it was a very hard line to walk because a lot, I, I've had a few people that reached out to me and like, we bought your book. We really wanted to support you. But like, I'm just not in a place where I can read it yet. And I so respect that and receive that because like it is really hard and raw, but, but it is our story at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, would you say writing it and sharing it is a healing component for you? Yes. Yes. So it was like, Mac was very sick. I knew he was getting better. I published the book and now it's like almost a year since the worst day of my life, which was the day he was born, which people is like, it's been a year since the best day ever. Um, so I've been going through so many emotions. Like today I walked out and it was cold and the trees were blowing. And I was like, Oh, this weather feels like the day I went into labor. And it made me like want to double over and vomit. Like it was just Mm. it. So I've like healed and now it's like, peeling back another layer, like, okay, we're going to have to walk through this because we're, we're celebrating his life, but we're also like, holding what wasn't. And, and this is like the first of many, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't, it's not one or the other, right? Like you can't just say, well, he is here. So I can't grieve. Yes. Like that's not true. Yes. It's all of it. I think that grieving something that has a good outcome makes people feel very uncomfortable. That's what I've learned. Um, like even my mom, who is so wonderful and pure intention, always just like wants to have something uplifting to say to me. So anytime I talk about like something's really hard with Mac, she's like, oh, but look at him. Praise God. He's here. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yes. And amen. I'm holding that. But also I'm holding all these other things mm-hmm. that feel like hell <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's okay. Like holding both. And I, I feel like that is just like our life following the Lord. And especially like raising kids from what I've learned <laughs> yeah. the past year. <laughs> yeah. And all the years to come, yeah. I'll just tell you it's parenting is extremely difficult and glorious, right? Of course yeah. it is glorious, but it is life wrenching. It mm-hmm. spills you open. It takes everything that you have. Thank goodness. They're cute. Every single like, day. <laughs> and so yeah, I get that hundred ways. Well, um, 
I just honor you. I really do. I honor you. And I, you know, I think you're doing a beautiful job of just being open. And I know, um, I wrote down where Zach Dixon, a counselor in your endorsements shared, you know, that we all learn so much through people letting us into their stories. It takes guts to do that. And so I'm so proud of you. I hope that it is healing for you. That is so kind. It has been so healing for me and it has been so just like healing in a new way, connecting with other NICU moms who are getting all this medical terminology thrown at them that they don't even know what means and be like, okay, we walked through that last December. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to ask. And it's like, I didn't have a person like that. I had had people who have, who I was connected with, who had had premature babies before me, but it had been like 10 years removed, five years removed. And it's like, Hey, I know exactly the doctors you're talking about that kind of thing. So that's been really neat too. Yeah. Like stepping in that whole new level of connection and ability to yes. Give. Well, on that note, you made a friend in this journey. Tell us about Becca. So November, um, 28th, end of November, I had Mac and I had known who Becca was through Instagram and like church. Um, but, uh, the middle of December, she came into the hospital where Mac was, um, because she was having contractions and she was pregnant with triplets after 10 plus years of infertility. So it was really big deal, high risk pregnancy. And she was admitted at 25 weeks and on bed rest at the hospital until 32 weeks. Um, we actually had a due date a week apart and we didn't know cause we just like weren't in each other's worlds yet. Um, but it was so comforting walking into the hospital every day and being like a friend that I'm making is sleeping under the same roof as my son, even if, even if they're not able to see each other. Um, and she would text and be like, Hey, I'm walking the halls of the hospital tonight. And like, I'm praying for Mac and like, I know he's here. And, um, she had the triplets the beginning of February. And it's so funny. Cause I was walking into the hospital. I knew her C-section was scheduled. Um, she made it to 32 weeks. It wasn't safe for her to go any longer. She's also five foot. So having, uh, three humans in you is uh, a lot. Um, and I was in the NICU and Mac was becoming stable enough where I could pick him up himself. Um, he was two pounds. I thought he was so big and I was placing Mac on my chest to do skin to skin. And I heard over the intercom that the hall triplets were being delivered in the OR and the teams needed to go report. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, wow. My friend is laying on an operating table right now. I'm praying that all of her babies are okay. We didn't think that one would make it. And now here they are that basically the same age as Mac, but born gestationally a little later. And it's like, we're, we're living in this in-between world together where like she asked God for one baby and she got three (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I asked God for a baby that was here and and he's here and thriving. And it's so comforting having a friend who is holding both. And after she had the triplets and she had a C-section, we carpooled together for about a month while her triplets were still in the NICU. And it was just so comforting, like getting in the car and getting to debrief. Okay. Like, this is what the doctors told me. This is what Max working on today, even though it was so different than her babies. It was just like, oh my gosh, I'm because of COVID, nobody could go see Mac except for um 
mothers and fathers of the child. So only my husband and I, and only Becca's husband and her husband. And like, I couldn't go over to her bed space and see her babies. But, um, so I had somebody who actually like knew this space, knew the walls, knew the sinks that like I was standing at every day. And I was like, oh, you get to see the same things I get to see. Um, and the triplets went home before Mac and it, it wasn't like a bitterness that I felt. It's just like a baby born at 32 weeks is so different than a baby born at 25 weeks. So it's just not even like comparable. Um, but yeah, we, we hang out like three times a week now and our babies are friends. It's so funny. Cause like Mac spent his first five months around a hundred other babies, but like, wasn't aware of it. And so now he's like, noticing things and aware and it's just like it is the best I I never thought I told Beck all the time like I just thought I was giving you rides to the NICU I never thought we'd actually like each other but we actually like each other (laughs) (laughs) that's hysterical well it feels exceptional to me just seeing it from the outside that that you were there together and that that friendship was exactly what you needed and you talk about the world moving on And you needed it to just stop. Your world has stopped. And I just think that it's stunning, honestly, that yours and Becca's worlds kind of stopped together and that you had that little bubble together while everything else just carries on unknowing of your deep need. Yes, It, it, it is honestly like trauma uh, hot wires, intimacy, and a friendship <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel like we've known each other for years. Like, mm. I, I, I guess that's the kindness of the Lord in like mm. situations like that. Hmm. Goodness gracious. Well, she wrote you a beautiful forward. And I know that that just gave you fresh air and yeah, I paid her to say all those things. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I got it. Right. Well, it definitely, I, every, in the book, you, um, document some of the Instagram list of prayers that you would request. And I connected with them. I was like, Oh, I prayed to that list. Like I was praying. I was there. I, it felt, it felt like a, a true connection and it just felt, you know, exciting to know that the heart felt deep. I mean, just the pain that we felt with you on your journey. Um, I don't know. It just felt good to, to be a part of that and to see the words there in your story and say, yeah, I actually was there and prayer does matter. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, I mean, you talk about hundreds of people praying and did that bring you comfort? Yes. I, um, a, a mom that was admitted to the NICU shortly after I had Mac texted me. and was like, what do you even pray? And I said, I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I felt like I finally understood what Paul said in Romans that like the spirit will intercede on your behalf and you will just groan. And I groaned for months and I'm just now finding like verbiage for like, thank you, mm-hmm. God. Thank you, God. Um, so we had so many people doing that on our behalf and I've met so many people in my family and in my close circle that have grown closer to the Lord because they've seen what the Lord has done in Mac. And it it showed them that the Lord hears them. And it's so cool because it's like my son benefited from those prayers, but also like everyone who spoke them did too, Hmm. Um, including me who 
what just felt like I was sitting back paralyzed and, and I was just like locked in watching a miracle grow very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. And I, and I knew that like every ounce that was on his body was because of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, you know, yeah. I don't know if this will come out right, but the rest of us need to learn to just sit in stillness with the Lord and not yeah. use so many words. And it's so uncomfortable though. And just say, you know what? I mean, that is literally what the Lord has been speaking to me this week today. And so I just love that you said it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what you mean. Like, I don't have to come with striving and control for a fix. Yes. You know, I can just be with him. Yes. And trust. And it's maybe it um, is learned when there's no choice. Right. Hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, right. unfortunately, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you definitely found a way to put language to just a very delicate topic. And again, I just am astounded. Um, so my husband and I were on the same page about trying for a baby in 2021. Um, and you know, you grow up thinking you just you know, have unprotected sex and get pregnant and it's great. And then you're like, oh my gosh, that's actually not the case. Um, so after a few months of trying, we got pregnant with Mac, which we're super grateful for. And when I got pregnant, I had some few close friends walking through miscarriages. And so I was just petrified that Mac wasn't going to make it. And so I spent about the first 15 weeks of my pregnancy, just like crippled in fear And I would always pray to God and say, please protect our baby. Please protect our baby. And it it was um, me trying to trick God into loving Mac more so that he would protect him when really uh, that's really bad theology and uh, God was going to protect Mac anyways. So around week 15 of my pregnancy, we knew that Mac had a heartbeat and he was a boy and growing. And so we started celebrating and buying gifts and it was wonderful. And I loved being pregnant. I loved knowing that life was inside of me. Um, and I honestly thought at that time, like either you have a miscarriage in your first trimester or early in your second, or you have a full-term baby. Like those are your two options. Um, so when I went to the bathroom on November 24th of last year, so much blood came out of me and I just, I didn't know what was happening, but I knew that much blood meant something was really wrong. Um, and then Mac started trying to come out. So we went to the hospital, um, and they were like, you can try to save your baby, but the vitality is still really low. So we got transferred to another hospital. I was on bed rest for five days and Mac just really wanted to come out. So he did on November 28th at a pound and nine ounces and 11 inches long, size of a medium Chick-fil-A cup. Um, And he was so black from being in the birth canal for five days that when they lifted him up, I already thought he had passed. Um, He was too tiny to make noise. And they just kept kept telling us he was okay. He was okay. Um, He immediately was put on a ventilator and he stayed on that for eight weeks Um, and we were told if he's going to pass, it'll likely be in the first seven to 10 days. Um, 
So I don't remember a lot of that time. I didn't know anything about breastfeeding or pumping except for my boobs started leaking and a lactation consultant came in about two hours after I'd given birth um, to teach me how to pump. And it was just the saddest day of my life. (laughs) Um, Everything that I thought and wanted it to be was not. Um, And my husband and I talked about this a lot, but like when I was in labor with Mac, it was truly the first time in our lives where something was going horribly wrong and there was nothing we could do to like twist someone's arm into fixing it. Like there was nothing I could do to keep myself pregnant or make this better. Um, it was, it was totally a loss of control and having to trust the Lord. Um, and Mac did make it past the Yeah. Yeah. I love that part in the book where when you get in the hospital, the goal is to stay pregnant and they ask you his name. And I guess you already knew it, which I felt like was such a great detail. Yes. I'm so glad that you were able to, to name him and make him a person and she made him a person, right? Yes. Um, when we first started trying for a baby, we knew that if it was a boy, he would be the third and go by Max. So it felt really special that my whole pregnancy, I knew him and I knew that he was coming from a great legacy of men. And the first hospital we went to, it was just like the fetus is coming out. The, the baby's too tiny. You're five centimeters dilated. And then when I got moved to labor and delivery at the hospital, I delivered at, they were like, does baby boy have a name? And it just hit me that like, oh my gosh, this is Mac. Like Mac is coming really soon. Um, and when I gave birth to him, no one knew what to say and they didn't want to say the wrong thing. So everyone said they were sorry and no one said, congratulations. <laughs> um, and, but I was so proud to be Mac's mom. Um, yeah. So because it was the only birth and only Mac that I've ever known. Mm-hmm. I've never known a, a 10 pound Mac that, you know, came out of me at 40 weeks. So the, well, the- I was just talking to someone, a patient in the hospital yesterday, actually about just, I've never thought about this to just be extremely yes. honest, but when the egg and the sperm come yes. together, God, the soul is there. Like yes. the person, the, yes. The, the soul, like God yes. puts the soul in that person then. Yes. And it's astounding. Like it's you so were connected special. to him through the spirit then. Yeah. You knew him, right? Yes. Like- I did. And I didn't know, like at 25 weeks, I still thought that like, according to my, uh, you know, fun fruit apps that Mac was still like the size of a mango. And so I was like, oh my gosh, a mango can't live. But then he came out with five or 10 fingers and 10 toes. And, Mm. um, and the first few months were really hard. We were told that the worst thing that can happen to a premature baby like Mac is to get an infection. And he did. Um, and it took him a while to get over it. And we knew that the ventilator was really helping him and keeping him alive, but it was causing a lot of long-term damage to his lungs and eyes. Um, and so when I was in labor with Mac, the NICU team had to come meet with us to make sure we knew all of the birth defects that he could have to see if we wanted to terminate. Um, and I mean, the, the list went on and on and basically James and I just thought that Mac would be a vegetable. Like all we wanted at that point was for him to be alive. And now 
here is Mac a year later that, you know, his lungs are healing every day. His eyes are perfect. Um, <laughs> he has no birth defects. He doesn't have cerebral palsy. He's not handicapped. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like God, we only asked for him to, to be here and he's here and he's perfect. Um, and it just like, I'm in awe of how close NICU nurses are to the Lord because they are literally the hands mending his miracles together. Like Mm. Max nurses grew a very tiny Mac to a very healthy Mac because God taught them how to do it. And he, he equipped them and helped him. And so it's like, everyone gets to be a part of this in in their own way. And they, they're bringing heaven to earth, right? I mean, literally heaven, heaven on earth. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. I believe that. I don't even know if I can ask you just to you can try to put words to your emotion in those first. Yes. I mean, waiting for him, trying to keep him in. And then the, that next week. Yes. Um, I knew that I could not sneeze or cough or move or Mac would be born. So I laid flat on a bed leaning um, upside down and I was so uncomfortable and my arms were killing from IVs and I thought it was the worst thing ever. And then I was like, oh my gosh, Becca's like this for 12 weeks. This sucks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it really put it into perspective. Um, but it, it was so hard because so many people, James and I were hesitant at first when I went into labor, whether we wanted to share this with people just because we didn't know what the outcome would be. And if we wanted to grieve privately, but then we were like, Hey, um, I had listened to a podcast before this and it, it was hope heals by Catherine Wolf. And she said, wherever the smallest glimmer of life is, there is hope. And I was like, Oh, that's a really cool quote. And I just, I didn't think Mac was going to die. It, there was like the smallest glimmer of life there. And so I was like, okay, I, I have hope, even if it is the tiniest bit of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, we want people to be praying for Mac and for that hope to grow too. So they did, but the whole time I still felt like I was living something that God accidentally gave us that was meant for another family. I was like, God, like I have been a martyr for you enough. Like, (laughs) do you really need this from us? And now I wouldn't change Mac's story for anything. I wish I could change the pain he went through, but God has given him the coolest, neatest story. And I just imagine like Mac in kindergarten holding up his fingers and be like, I was this tiny guys, like trying to do a humble brag. And I'm just like, yes, buddy, you were like, God did that for you. And, and I would never want to take that away. I can't wait to hear him brag. I can't wait. I want to hear it. You better get it on camera. He he does love attention. So uh, hence the early arrival. Yeah. That's so awesome. Probably not the prettiest image, but maybe the most beautiful thing I've ever heard was your husband washing you. Oh, yes. Tell us about that. I did not know the beauty and intimacy of marriage until we walked through the worst days of our life together when I was in labor. Um, because we wouldn't have chose to do it with anybody else. And, and even in those moments where 
James was just sobbing on my hospital bed. Like we were still watching the office together and laughing. Like it was still like us. (laughs) Um, and I was, I had never felt so ugly, so dirty, so huge. Um, and he had never thought I had looked more beautiful because I fought like hell to keep Mac inside and absolutely. And a a baby that was alive came out because I did that. Um, and, and that was so beautiful to him. Um, you said Psalm 144 12 is your, your heartthrob and, um, make our sons in their prime, like sturdy oak trees. Yes. And his parents are oak trees. You're kind. A hundred percent. No, that is not kind. That is truth to the brim. I mean, Yes. You are an oak tree and that he can't help but be an oak tree. And so that means so much. Um, I, his father is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so after I had Mac, all I wanted to do was see him and I had to wait for my epidural to wear off. And James was just like on cloud nine, like our son's here. I'm a dad. He's beautiful. And I was just weeping, like holding all of it. And James like, everything's good now. Like Mac is here and it's go time. Um, and we got moved to another hospital room and all I wanted to do was shower and the shower was broken. And I, I sat bleeding and a mess on the handicap stool in the shower. And James just washed me and told me how beautiful I was. And then I was wheeled to the NICU and we met our son together and it was nothing like it was supposed to be and everything that it needed to be. Um, and, and a year later, I wouldn't change it. Then I would. Yeah. I mean, it shows you a beauty that is just hard to grasp in any other way than experiencing it. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm sure none of us can quite understand it that way. Well, you talk about just seeing things to celebrate and I kind of, um, I don't know. I I felt your emotion go from despair through hope. Like you can kind of feel the ride of waves through your narratives. Um, but it felt like at three weeks in you, there was this surge of fresh air or something like that. I could feel it in the book. And, um, I just, how did you learn to kind of celebrate? and see how God was equipping. Yes. So I was told our very first day of the NICU, um, it's a roller coaster and there's going to be really, really bad days. And there's going to be really, really good days. But as long as your baby is still alive, the ride's going to continue. And I was like, okay. So I was prepared for the worst and hoping for the best. (laughs) Um, and we got connected about four days into Max NICU journey with a nurse who had saw our Instagram post and had started praying for us and came up and introduced herself and told me she'd been praying for Mac. Um, and then she signed up to be our primary nurse, um, and is now one of my best friends. So I wanted to understand that better. How, so how do they sign up to be a primary nurse? Yes. They just get to pick. Um, a family shows interest in a certain nurse. And then if that nurse isn't a primary nurse to another family, they're able to sign up, which means anytime they're working, um, they are assigned to this patient. Okay. Okay. Like two or three times a week. Um, so we definitely still got to see other faces. Um, but Mac had 
two day primary nurses and a night primary nurse. So it was just special when they were working. They were so excited to see him and wouldn't do crafts with him. Um, so Megan and I got close very fast because she was keeping Mac alive. Um, and we actually from the same hometown. And so there were just tons of like little God winks in our story. And I was still so scared of how tiny Mac was and just like grieving that it shouldn't have been this way. And one day, I think it was Christmas Eve, I walked into the NICU and Megan was like, you look so tense, like sit down. I want to tell you something. And I was like, okay. And she said, it seems like you're still holding your breath to see if Mac will make it. And I want you to know that he will come home one day. I don't know when, but he will come home one day. And I just sobbed because I wanted somebody to tell me that, but I didn't think anybody could. But she knew that because she knows the Lord (laughs) and she knows what the NICU is capable of um, because they have saved a lot of babies that are sicker than Mac. Um, So I knew going forward from that, so many bad days are ahead, but one day Mac will come home. And he did after a lot of bad days. I'm so glad she said that with confidence. Yes. Oh, and I'm so glad she like she right. and she said like we've talked about it since then and she's and she was like I didn't know if that would really be your story but I was praying and begging that it would be and I was like I'm glad that you said it regardless because I, it changed me it, it allowed me to be a mom to Mac because I was so scared to become attached because I didn't think he'd make it and then he did and I was like I'm a mom now I'm gonna fight like hell for my baby. Absolutely. Well, the, you described the NICU as a wonderful, horrible place and just really demonstrate that these nurses are human, but also superheroes. So we, we do thank them so, so, so much. Yes. I, I noted that you said, um, it was the February 8th entry about his eye exam. Yes. And so you described having to look because you couldn't not, but really shouldn't look or, but that it taught you um, about the character of God. Tell us what yes. you meant by that. Um, so Mac's eyes were not doing well because he received oxygen from such a young age. So he had something called ROP, which is ret- retinopathy of prematurity. So when he reached 32 weeks, I believe just gestation, he had to start receiving eye exams, which meant an ophthalmologist comes in puts metal prongs in his eyes, pries them open and checks with lights to make sure everything is progressing as it should. And anytime horrible things like this have to happen in the NICU, nurses always advise parents not to come so that like they can still see their baby as a baby and not like a medical patient getting a spinal tap and stuff. But I wanted to be there for all those moments for Mac. Um, I wanted him to know his mom was there and I was there. They told me to like, look at the wall and I was pumping So I was just like trying to scroll my phone and then his respiratory rate, his oxygen rate, which was supposed to be hundred was 20 and he was turning purple. And it was just so heartbreaking to watch because I knew he'd be okay, but I couldn't do anything and I couldn't stop it. And I, I knew that ultimately this was to help him. And it just felt like a blow to the stomach because how many times have I had to do something hard that was like that that I needed to do to better me or, you know, like getting shots or really little silly little things, you know, like running after like rehab on a leg. And it's like, gosh, Mac does these things every single day. Like, 
and it's so Matt can be the Mac he is now. Um, and I, I feel like he already has a spirit of resilience because of what the Lord has done in him from such an early age, like negative early age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Strong, strong boy. March 18th, you talk about just kind of maybe hitting the fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, just mad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that um, is when all the triplets went home. Okay. Yeah. So I was driving by myself again. Um, and Mac had been moved to the intermediate part of the NICU, which meant you're stable. You're going to go home soon. Uh, we need more bed space for really sick babies. Um, so we didn't have our same nurses and I, every day walking in and out of the NICU, I saw balloons and babies being wheeled out to their cars and it wasn't Mac. Um, and that was really hard because in intensive care, um, you see babies die and now, which made me so thankful that it was never mine. And and now I'm seeing babies, uh, taking their going home pictures (laughs) and in the NICU, you don't really find out when your baby's going home until literally the, that moment. Um, but I knew that it was still far away from Mac and it, I just, that was past day a hundred. Um, and I just didn't know how much longer I could be doing it. And I was at the hospital 12 plus hours a day, still pumping every three hours. And I just felt like I was getting crap thrown in my face by the Lord. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, God, I'm doing everything you asked me to do. Like, please heal Mac, please heal Mac. How many times do I have to ask you to heal Mac? And he did. Um, and Mac just needed a little bit more time and he did come home. He did, but the in-between is a hard spot to be. And, you know, I mean, the name of this podcast is stop pretending and it's all about coming honest to God and, and yourself and just saying, <laughs> and so I just wanted to kind of spend a few more minutes on that. And like, yes, is that something you already knew how to do? Um, how did your relationship with God change yeah. or I knew how to be vulnerable in the sense that it was Instagram worthy. I knew <laughs> how to fabricate my quiet times into a lengthy Instagram post with a pretty picture of my Bible. Um and then my mom would share it on Facebook and be like, oh my God, she's amazing. Um, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. I had never had to be so real and raw with God. And I didn't know what else to do besides share it. Um, and I'm really glad that I did at the time. Um, in I think March, I, I posted on Instagram and I was like, I hate seeing my friend's kids play on Instagram right now because my kid isn't here. And that's something that I thought so many times, but I never said. And then I had like 20 moms who had walked through similar things, be like, I'm so glad you said this and put words to what I was feeling. Um, I feel like I was past the point when Mac was sick to give any sort of crap about who Allie was and like the image that I was because I, I was not Allie anymore. I was a human trying to survive. (laughs) And it's all I knew how to do. Um, 
And now I feel like there's no going back. Like, I don't even know who I was before Mac was born. I don't, I don't know what it's like anymore to not beg and plead with God and yell at him. Um, because that has been our relationship for the past year. Um, and God prefers that so much more than the alley that would post things on Instagram and be like, oh my gosh, this is what the Lord showed me this morning. Um, and it's been so sweet too, because I feel like he's starting to show me things now and he trusts me to keep it between just us. <laughs> like yeah. um, me a year ago, anytime the Lord would show me something cool, I'd be like, I have to post this and it's going to get a lot of likes. And now it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I had a relationship with Jesus and Instagram. Um, hmm. and, and I want Mac to know that we follow Jesus, not for others to see it. We follow Jesus because we believe he's the son of God and he lives in our hearts. Um, so Max birth has changed me in so many ways. It showed me how to love the Lord authentically. Um, I, I felt like I knew how to do that, but I, I was plunged into deep waters and the only sort of like life boat that I got was God. And I would have died if I didn't grab onto it. Um, and now like being on land and sure, sure with like air and food and water, it's like, Oh, I'm still living with him. Like I'm still living in the life raft. Um, and I'm not going to pretend that I'm not drowning still. Um, because I feel like people resonate too much and like the Lord's done too much now where it's like pretending doesn't matter. Like people really want to see the real raw stuff. And like, I feel like that's what Jesus was all about too, you know? Mm, that's powerful because after we have a baby, it's like, we want to bounce back, you know, yep. we, we want to get back to normal yeah. and that's just not possible. We were not made to, to be our, our previous selves. Yeah. And we, we are only going to be something new, something more, something yes. different. And so we can spend a lot of energy trying to get back, but it's just going to create a lot of tension and havoc. And, and so how do you accept this is, this is me, this is my new normal. This is yes. Kind of create a new life that kind of where you are now, just rebuilding. No going back. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. But how do you, I mean, how do you talked about going for a run? Is that something you use? How do you find yourself as, um, I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too. it has been really refreshing being friends with Becca, who is a mom of five kids. <laughs> it really keeps things in check and perspective for me. Um, and that friendship has been such a fun outlet and we're getting to work on some fun projects together of like helping Nikki moms and moms who've walked through miscarriages. Mm. Um, and then like writing has been such an outlet for me, especially now since Max been home, it's like, oh, I, I actually am like able to finally process the last year rather than just like living and trudging through it. But I wouldn't want to be or change our story from the past year because I love my husband more than I've ever loved my husband. I know God in a deeper way and my son's here. So it's just like, this is who I am right now, even though like, I don't know what she's about yet, but like, I know that I'm a mom and a wife and I know that I really love connecting with other moms and sharing Mac's story. Yeah. That's all you need to know. And eating cheese its in my PJs. Okay. <laughs> on the couch. Okay. Well, good. 
<laughs> you love to laugh and make others laugh and that's right. really beautiful Coping mechanism. it's fine I need more of that in my life so yeah that. well showing our children glimpses of of the Lord and giving them ways to experience and taste what love is is mm-hmm. literally my only goal you know because I can fail at things all day long in parenting mm-hmm. I do fail at things all day long in parenting and feel super overwhelmed and, and like things are out of control because they are, Mm -hmm. they're out of my control. And I have, I don't get to choose my children's paths for them. And as much as I'd like to, I wouldn't do a good job at it anyways, but I can live authentically and genuinely love the Lord and, and show up and show them how to Yes. Experience him, you know? Yeah. It's the realest thing you have to offer. And the hardest. Yeah. (laughs) And the hardest. (laughs) But, well, I love your real comment about just getting aggravated that he'd woken up in the middle of the night. (laughs) Like, I thought we were past the hard things back. (laughs) He's like, nope, still a baby mom. Get up get up. Like I thought you were an adult. <laughs> You've lived enough in one, in one year, right? It's like but Benjamin Button. There's a lot more to go. So yes, I'm so excited for you guys. And I can't wait to hear more, many more details. I love it. I love that you have known who Mac was since he was very tiny. Mm-hmm. It's so funny looking through our Instagram DMS and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm praying. And I'm like in labor. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. Wild. Bizarre. Well, now we're friends forever. I know. (laughs) We're not pretending. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Thank you, Allie. Of course. This was so fun.